It's Stephen Beckwith. And it's Blaine Palmer. We're kick-ass realtors with some really good stories that you're going to want to follow. And I think you just found your favorite new real estate podcast. So buckle up because you are going to get real stories from real people about buying and selling real estate. And sometimes it can be a bumpy ride. So if you're ready, let's pop the lock and, and get, get this, this showing started. started. Can you hear me okay? I'm on like a little microphone thingy. Awesome. Sounds like you're in a room with us. <laughs> Excuse me. So, um, thanks for calling or letting letting us um, speak with you today. I um, was speaking to Blaine about what we wanted to talk to you about. I think he's going to run through your process of, of um, preparing your home to sell and then buying okay. the, the joining household to buy in the condo. Is that correct? Oh, okay. Yep, I don't know. And do <laughs> <laughs> tell us about your worst childhood memory. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> Should I have had cocktails yeah. before this? I wish I had too. So today we're talking with Heather Darden, who actually was both a buyer and a seller at the same time earlier this year. And she took a huge step in getting her house ready for market so we could minimize due diligence time and what the buyer's asking for. And so I'm excited to have Heather on today to talk about that. Tell us about how you prepped your house to get it ready to sell so that you didn't have a lot of headaches to worry about. Well, I think the first thing that we did was I had you come over, Blaine, and I just said, be brutally honest. Tell me, you know, as an experienced realtor who takes people through houses all the time, what do you see that I need to do <laughs> that will be worth it from a time and cost expense? Um, you know, I'm obviously not going to remodel the house in time to sell it, but are there things like decluttering areas or do I need to change out light fixtures or do I need, you know, something on the wall here? Um, to, to make it show better. And then, you know, from a repair standpoint, obviously there are always things, you know, in a house you need to do, right? You live there, you see it every day, but it's like, how much of this do I really need to do for a buyer that they're going to see, notice, or care about? So how, how I think long was that, that list? <laughs> it was pretty long. <laughs> it was pretty long, but it was a lot of little things. I mean, and, and a lot of little things I don't think I would have even thought about. Like, taking down the personal pictures and just decluttering the space so that it photographs better. I mean, I, you can ask Blaine, I am a neat freak, right? Like I don't totally. have, I wish you would come organize my house. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have, keys. I don't have crap out on, you know, I don't want to dust it. I don't want to clean it. I don't want, you know, I don't just don't have a lot of stuff out. So my thought before we had that conversation was, oh, I don't have that much to do. And then Blaine comes through and he's like, you need to move that. You need to move that. You need to take that down. You need to put that away. And when you see it in the pictures, you realize that he's right. And obviously, you've done this a million times. You know what 
you know, you know what you're doing. That's <laughs> why I asked for your opinion. But, but it's, it's you, probably weird, like, because I think a lot of people are like that. They're like, well, why don't you want any pillows on the sofa? Or, you know, but when you. It's like that commercial where um, if you have too many pillows on it, you can't sit on it. <laughs> so right. it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's eye opening. I think um, with our experience in, in, in doing this daily that. Um, this, of course, is not something you do daily, so it was probably very eye-opening, and and I'm sure it helped. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you think you have great taste, right? Everybody thinks they have great taste, and you do. <laughs> you know, when, <laughs> when somebody's when somebody's like, "I need you to take all these pillows off the sofa," you're like, "Do you know how long it took me to take these pillows out and get the fabric?" And you know. <laughs> And you're now like, you're just going to shove them? them in a closet? Gonna shove them in a closet and say, don't. But you know what's funny is because I put my house on the market last year and did the same thing I had. I thought, oh, a photographer came out. And when I got the pictures back, I realized, I was like, wow, you do have, you you know, it it hurts to take those pillows off. Because like you said, you paid a lot of money for those pillows. But it's different how things photograph is very different than how they look in real, as you also know that from looking at houses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, totally. I mean, the few things that I did from just a redecorating standpoint were like taking out rugs that had patterns and replacing them with more neutral, solid, you know, rugs. Just again, just so the photographs would look better. And so when people come through it, um, you know, they, it's more neutral palette, right? They can see themselves and their stuff in the house. I think, I think you just don't want to make it so loud that they can't see see the house did you do aside from decorating did you guys talk about any kind of repairs did you do a pre-inspection what what kind of stuff did you do yeah i don't think we did an official pre-inspection but blaine and i um walked around the house with um you know blaine's handyman guy and we just kind of spotted issues i mean like like i said you always know about things you're like oh i've been meaning to fix that tricky door handle and (laughs) stuff like that um so we just kind of ourselves did a walk around the house and um and identify little repairs that need to be made i mean it turned out to be fairly minor Um, i i blaine and i always say there are people who live in a house and are constantly fixing it upgrading it touching it repairing it and there are people who just live in a house and live it out and i'm not one i'm not one of those people i and constantly touching and fixing. Now it doesn't mean there's never stuff I want to, you know, don't want to do. But so luckily for me, there wasn't a ton um, of repair things to do, but little things like, you know, outlets that needed covers on them um, or needed to be cleaned up. Um, there was a little bit of water damage on the outside where it had a leaking um, gutter. Um, so some wood trim had to be replaced and repainted. And other than that, it wasn't no, nothing. Yeah. Nothing major, just kind of little minor you know, handyman sort of job. The funny thing was, was we did all this, right? So we went through the mm-hmm. list and we, then we get a buyer like first day, mm-hmm. which is also always fun and awesome. Cause you know, they typically buyers like that, that come on the first day, they emotionally fall in love with it. So they don't really want to um, start nickel and diming, but not that our buyer nickel and dime, but they did bring in several different inspectors to look. And um, as meticulous as the house is kept, their job is to always find something wrong. Right, right. So, Heather, what was the biggest aha for you on any of the inspections that you got back? <laughs> I mean, it was two, right? They found radon in the house um, at an elevated level. It's an old house, and the master is in a um, subground basement, a daylight basement. So, not surprising. Based on everything I've read, I think when I first heard that, I was 
terrified. Right. Um, but then doing a little reading about it and talking to Blaine and realizing how common it is, which apparently is very especially true in our area because of Stone Mountain. Correct. Like something about the mineral com- component well, of the ground around here is well, we, we sit more... on a portion of Stone Mountain. Stone Mountain is just the exposed granite that we sit on. Right. <laughs> just yeah, a little right, fun right. fact. <laughs> But it's interesting because, oh. I mean, look, that that house was built, it was what, it was at 1950s, I think? I think in the 30s. The 30s. 30s. And yeah. so how many people it had been through and how many times it had been bought and sold. And, right. and it's just one of those things that you're like, oh, okay. But then the other thing that with that is, is even though you get elevated levels of radon, a lot of people, when you hear that, you immediately want to go, oh my God, is it a deal killer? And it's not a deal yeah. killer. It's, it's, and it was very easy to to manage. I mean, once we kind of dug into it and figured out what the fix was, it was very low cost and easy to remediate. And right. so then it's a question of, do they want me to do it or they, do they want to do it? Right. Um, the other thing that we found, which was almost embarrassing, I think, given how OCD I am about <laughs> keeping my house, <laughs> um, we found water intrusion in that master bedroom. So right. it's... Um, the one wall of that master is completely underground and there was water intrusion there. Um, I mean, not, you know, the carpet wasn't wet. It wasn't dramatic, but the wall was a little soft. Um, and there was definitely an issue back there. So, um, that was the biggest surprise, uh, to me because I think if I had ever just moved a chair from one side of the room to the other, I would have seen it, right, <laughs> but, right. you know, yeah. you put furniture down and you sort of leave it and you don't really ever notice it. And, um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that was the biggest thing. And then, again, it's, you know, how much does it cost to fix it? Do they want me to do it or do they want to do it? And, um, you know, you kind of have to go down that path after you <laughs> find out what yeah. it is you're dealing with. And is it a deal killer? Yeah, I mean, um, that's that's always the biggest question. Do I have to start this process all over again now? Um, and do I have to take a break and fix all this in the meantime? So. Right. And then the, I think the biggest thing that I always try to advise people with, and Stephen, you can weigh in on this too, is – Back to your question of do I fix it or do I let them fix it and give them a monetary concession towards it? And I'm of the mindset that you give a monetary concession because it then it doesn't survive closing. If you fix the radon and then in a year and a half they come back and say, who did you get to fix the radon? Right. The radon's still high. And then you're still involved in this thing that you thought that you had walked away from. So I'm of the mindset to do that. I'm the same. And in, in other situations... They want something repaired, but you know, to their to their liking or to their um, satisfaction. And who's to say that that you know when you if you get that work done and right before closing, they decide well this is not to our satisfaction. So I'm of the same mindset to, to advise buyers and sellers to to do monetary um, concessions, usually toward closing yeah. costs. Yeah, I mean it's time value of money, right? I, I just look at it in terms of could I have gone out and found a contractor to do it for less than what they wanted me to give them in terms of a monetary concession? Probably, but it would have taken me time. It would have slowed down the process. And to your point, at, at the end of the day, if they weren't happy with the work that was done, it could have just caused a whole heck of a lot more problems. And am I going to go through all that for a couple hundred bucks? Heck no. Right. <laughs> had, had you moved out at me this either. point? So I had not moved my furniture out, but I was essentially, uh, so I moved in with my significant other and I, we were already essentially living at his place, which is the, the main reason we decided decided to consolidate households was because no one was ever staying <laughs> at my house. So, uh-huh. yeah, so that made it easy. And that's, a, I think that's a great transition into the right. buying. <laughs> so you went from uh, a single family house with a yard and... 
you know, I'm a garage. And so you bought in a very nice and luxurious condo. One of my favorite, if not my favorite condo building in Atlanta at the Brookwood. And so tell us a little bit about, because you and I have, have joked around this about how different it is buying a condo versus buying a house. And it's combining households too, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think buying a condo was, first of all, a lot easier. I mean, it's, well, you have to, you know, you have to decide which building you want to be in and that can be daunting. Luckily, I already knew a lot about the Brookwood and I think we already pretty much knew we wanted to be here. So that, that made it simpler, but um, you don't have all the extra exterior things to deal with, you know, as long as the building is well-funded and maintained, really, you just have to worry about what's on the inside. <laughs> um, when you're looking at it, you know, I don't have to worry about water intrusion and, the, you know, coming from the outside wall and things like that. Well, hopefully um, not. You know, that could be, <laughs> hopefully not. That's a right. much bigger expense in a condo. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so it's a little, you know, it's a little easier, a little smaller package that you're looking at and dealing with to move. I mean, I, for us, it was, um, you know, we definitely didn't need two places and he has already owned a place at Lake Oconee. So we had that detached home option, um, already available to us. So a place to go that had a yard and had out, outdoor space and things like that. Um, while we we're in the city, I think both of us just said, you know, I don't want to deal with the yard maintenance and I don't want to deal with the exterior upkeep. I just want a place I can go and put my stuff and know that it's taken care of and have the safety and security of a building. I do think that was also part of the consideration. Um, you know, Atlanta's been changing and especially with more people home and without jobs um, because of COVID, I think either I'm just hearing more about it because I'm following more social media on, you know, the, the crime and things in Atlanta, but either way it was, somewhat also reassuring to be in a in a more secure building um, right. and have people taking care of that and watching things for you. So True. what would you say if somebody was listening to this and said, what's the most important thing that I should check from an HOA perspective before you That's buy a good building? question. I feel like maybe I was sort of naive and didn't do my homework on that on the broker. <laughs> um, well, I did it. We could we could turn this question around to Blaine and see what his question his answer is. Yeah, I, I mean, I do think. Look, the Brookwood is a newer it's a newer building, um, so you know you probably got less you know deferred maintenance that's hidden right. in the building just because of its age. So that's you know less worry number one. Um, I think, you know, in my experience, just in, in, you know, in general, I think you want to make sure that it's well-funded, um, you know, are people paying and, you know, is there a, is there a cushion in the budget for the HOA? Right. Um, right. And I didn't really get into the details of reading all the HOA. I mean, look, the rules and regs are pretty much the same everywhere you go. You can't right. light a fire on your balcony. Right. And, you know. <laughs> like okay i mean how different curtains if they face outside right yeah Yeah, i mean i guess i guess you probably should look at that but again i I was fairly familiar with the building i knew people that lived in here i the kind of people i knew who lived here are not people who would have taken any of that lightly and i think if there had been problems with the hoa um management I would have known about it so i maybe i was a little more slack in my due diligence on the HOA documentation side, just because I already had a comfort level with this building. If we, now if we'd been in a different building, especially if we'd been in an older building, 
I probably would have wanted to know more. You know, what are right. the assessments? When when was the last time a large assessment was made? What was the last kind of large maintenance item? What's the you know what's the cushion for any you know unforeseen large maintenance issues? And um, right. I, you know, you would just want to know a little bit more about about that. Mm. I, but I think since we had a familiarity already with the building we probably right. didn't ask as many questions as, as i would have if we'd been somewhere else well it sounds like blaine's taught you well <laughs> or she's taught me yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. True. yeah i mean i did i put a lot of faith in blaine right that's what you know he's mm-hmm. an expert at this he knows he goes in and out of these buildings all the time he knows people that lives in them and and you you know you know people who are happy and unhappy with um, right. where they live and what's been happening i, I feel fairly confident that you would not have steered us to a building where you had sold a bunch of units and people were miserable. <laughs> so, exactly. so. Yeah. Well, that's what, so, so for people that are buying, cause we come across this a lot. So, you know, on the back end, did I ask for HOA docs and, you know, I looked at them and, but you get a lot of agents who get, uh, I would say twisted on HOA docs too, like, but want to get the budget and the line items and all that. And it's almost like that agent takes on, this is a so this is a good question because Heather is also a real estate attorney. Oh well, <laughs> that's why she does so well. That's why she does so well, and that's why she was so easy to work with. But where do you think the line is drawn between those HOA docs? Like, had you been a blind buyer, would you have expected me to have reviewed those and then ask you if you had questions, or do you think it's incumbent upon the buyer that they review them and come to the agent with questions or? No, no, I would think it would be incumbent on the buyer to mm-hmm. do that homework. Now I would think to the extent you had knowledge of an issue, I would expect right. you to off- offer it up and That's tell right. me whatever you, you know about it. But I certainly would not think it's your job to review those documents and <laughs> tell right. me what's in them. I think that's my job as the buyer. And that is something you've got to consider um, whether you're going into a neighborhood that has an association um, or a condo that has an association. I think those are, I think those are things as the buyer you need to, you need to dig into yourself. Um, no, I would never have expected you to tell me what the budget was. For the <laughs> it's so funny because some people, you know, well, a lot of people, I call it like kind of buying it blind. They do, you know, they just go, I want here, I want there. And then they get in and then all of a sudden they're like, well, we can't have two cats, four dogs and a, an aquarium and we're in love with our <laughs> fish. So how do we get rid of the, you know, we don't want to get rid of the aquarium, but we can't have a, or we can't have a waterbed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so it's, it's, um, <laughs> they shouldn't have one anyway, but, um, <laughs> you know. yeah, there's other reasons for that. Yeah. <laughs> you can thank the HOA for bringing, bringing you into the new millennium on that one. <laughs> <laughs> right. So was it, was it to switch gears a little bit? Was it, was it tough to, to, uh, to combine households with your significant other? Did you have a, it sounds like y'all, y'all agree pretty well on where you wanted to be, but I didn't know if that was a, a difficult decision. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was a difficult decision to move in together. I think then it's, um, I mean, I don't know. You might get a different answer if you ask him. I I, per, I personally am very happy with the way it turned out because I would say 75% of what ended up in here is mine. Um, so, hey, look, he had, a, he had, a, he had a, a decorator do his place, and it was done in Dallas, Texas. So a lot of his furniture was very Dallas-centric. Uh-huh. Um, Big and brown leather. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was a lot of leather. Although we said at the end of the day, we had very similar tastes. We had very similar color palettes and styles, but his was more horns and fur and leather. And mine was more 
linen and cotton and um, velvet. <laughs> so, um, so we combined them. I think, I think in the end of the day, it turned out pretty well. Um, we did end up taking a lot of his stuff to the lake. So we didn't really end up having to get rid of a lot of things. His lake house had not been redone in a very long time. He bought it furnished and um, it was over, overdue for, for some upgrades. So nothing really other than a few you know pieces ended up getting sold. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think we, I think it came together pretty well. I think it all looks pretty well. I, he made fun of me because I've moved several times in my life and I, I am super, super OCD. You can ask Blaine. I mean, I, I got out the graph paper and I drew out the measurements. I mean, I probably drove these sellers crazy because every chance I could get, I wanted to come in and like, oh, I didn't get to measure this one window frame here. And, <laughs> and like how my... far, <laughs> yeah, how far does the door swing into the room? Yeah. So I know where to put a table, but I just, I wanted to make sure it all fit. I wanted to make sure on moving day, we knew where everything was going to go. And I didn't want us to end up with a bunch of crap sitting in the middle of the floor that we had no, you know, no idea where it was going to go or fit. So, uh, yeah, it was. (laughs) Sounds like my parents, my parents are moving for the first time in 41, 42 years. Um, They have a floor plan with my dad got out the graph paper and measured everything and placed furniture. And so, um, so Steven's picking up his high school yearbooks. Everything out of the basement. <laughs> they got no room for those anymore. Sorry. Right. Then it becomes yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got to have some pretty honest conversations. You know, you can you can live with someone for a while and you can, you know, stay at their place for a while, but when it comes down to packing and moving, you gotta say, I'm it's sorry, but those th- yeah, that vase right. you have there is the most hideous thing I've right. ever seen, and you have to get rid right. of it. And it's so. funny what some people you wouldn't think they're attached to certain things, but it's back to your point earlier about pictures and when we're asking people to put things away and really declutter, it's it's handling that with kind of kid gloves because some of the things they're like, well, that was my mom's. My grandmother's 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 face. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I well, it's got in the, the pictures. It's got- it's got to go. Sorry. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, uh, why don't y'all go for a little walk? And then, you know, we literally run. Around. It's funny because if people have cameras, they see us running around the house, throwing stuff in uh, cabinets. And by the time they get home, we hopefully have gotten it all back out. But right, I get right. lots of calls that go, have you seen the TV remote? <laughs> a, yeah. Well, Heather, I appreciate uh, your your time with us today and uh, giving us a little insight into selling and buying um, and combining homes. Blaine, is there yeah, anything sure. else? No, I just appreciate all of it. Heather is a raving fan that I love to have on my side because she is very knowledgeable and uh, answers lots of questions for me and is a, gives great perspective. I think we heard that today. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've Blaine and I've been through a lot of buying and selling together and it's always, um, he always makes it fun as, you know, as much fun as it can be. It's, it's stressful and it's emotional on both sides of it, but, um, Blaine always does a good job of leading me through it and uh, making sure I don't lose my mind too much. So, um, it's been, it's been a pretty good experience. So I am plus, you know, just looking at other people's homes is pretty fun. So that's <laughs> <laughs> why we do it, what we do. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, just more of the curiosity. So, yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for your time. We'll talk to you. We'll see you soon. Yeah, we will see you soon. All right. Have Thanks. a good one. Thanks for listening to Real People Real Estate with Beckwith and Blaine. Remember, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher. And we're always open to hear your topic ideas by shooting us an email 
beckwith and blaine at gmail.com. 